A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Episode three, and today we've got the pleasure of Carl Fogarty. I jumped on the big bike and tucked it like a duck to water, and I won the TTF One World Championship in that first year. And I believed in myself. I believed in my own ability. I believed I was better than anybody else in the world. Privateer winning a race, uh, beating all the factory team. Didn't you have that tear up with uh, Frankie Keeley? I was going to say, when you said you... Uh, my favourite's the BSB, to be honest, because you're in it, Danny. I know, mate. I had yeah. lost my belief a little bit that year, and I just knew that I was going to come out of the blocks and go, bang, take that out of your lot. Because it was coming on the TV across the Sky Info bar across the bottom, Carl Fogarty announced his retirement. Yeah. I ricocheted off the tyre wall, back out, and people thought I was dead because I, I was just led there emotionless. One of the, the biggest TV show in the UK, and, and that was my biggest fear was was the other camp mates not, not getting me in a pink sequin top throwing some shakes no. and some, and I didn't really enjoy racing to be honest I enjoy winning there's a big difference right. Danny Danny what a ride this is welcome to Pushing the Limit podcast with me Danny Bucken this is season one episode three and today we've got the pleasure of Carl Fogarty Carl obviously thanks for having us mate and you're uh in your house here, a little bit further than the Watford Gap, so... Yeah, you need your passport up this, this far up, mate. Oh no, I didn't bring my skinny jeans, actually, <laughs> for that. But um, yeah, obviously, thank you for having us and uh, lovely home. Thank you, mate, thank you. Before we jump in, I've got one question. I know I've asked you a few questions, but I want to ask you this one. Um, when you sit back and look at what you achieved in your career, do you, were you fulfilled? Like, do you sit back, because obviously you've won, obviously we're going to go through it, but you've won so many different races do you sit back and say do you know what I'm content or was there some unanswered things that you wanted to achieve yeah pretty much content to be honest um although you know MotoGP wins would have been nice to add to the CV um we we come close to or maybe I think it was close anyway with Kenny Roberts team in, with Marbury Ammo in 96 he, he wanted us to ride for him um but Marbury didn't want us and so that kind of door shut, really. So I ended up saying Superbike, which was, was huge back then anyway. It really was. So I look back now and then, you know, it would have been nice to have a couple of years on that Marlboro Yamaha. It would have really suited me. And sure, I'd have won races and, and probably challenged for the championship. Um, but um, yeah, but yeah. I guess, you know, what I did achieve, um, I, I am pretty much content. Really. Yeah, do you look back and you're like, that's because... Do you know, like even yeah, like the, the fact that you won the four Superbike championships is one thing, but the, the rest of it is just... Like, what do you think, what do you say, like, for you, like, the most special win, which was probably the hardest? Probably the World Superbike, the first World Superbike title. Um, it went down to the last round of the year, the other side of the world in Australia. And uh, I'd, I'd, I'd just missed out the year before, and uh, the rivalry between me and, me and Scott Russell was really intense. I was 
none of us seemed to like each other and always had a lot to say, especially me. Um, I don't know why I said <laughs> as much as what I did do. I think better off keeping my mouth shut and yeah. putting a lot less pressure on myself to, to win. But um, but it was huge back then with the Sky TV and whatnot. It was They built it up. and uh, yeah, But yeah, I came out on top and uh, won that first world title. So that was... Yeah, the highlight, I think, really. Yeah. I mean, the, winning the TT, things like that were, were really good. They are kind of a good stepping stone uh, in, in my career, really. I look back on, on that on that, and we kind of pride, really, that I'm probably the last person ever that could win on the road circuits, mm. on any road circuit, and held all that record on them all, and then go on to be a short circuit world champion. That'll, that'll probably never happen again now. Yeah, well, um, even if you look back through the history of motorbike racing, there's not many people that can actually say they've done all of that is there like like in, in the reality of things and like you say like for the future it's it's such a trying to explain to people that don't watch motorbike racing understand motorbike racing to, to have that to be able to win in such different disciplines is just it's not like you're going around a circuit the tt is not like a short circuit is it it's it's incredible no i mean i kind of took it for granted uh, early when i was racing i just thought this is it this is just another race yeah. just a whatever bike i'm riding but it's like when I look back now, I think God, I was you know, I was quite <laughs> impressed to, to do to jump on any kind of bike and any any kind of track and, and always be running up front and, and winning. So yeah, it's it's it fills me with pride when I get, even get a, get a bit yeah, goosebumps yeah. thinking about it. Really, I suppose. But um, yeah, the TT stuff and and then the World Championships. It's um, it's not it'll not not happened again. So it's because it's, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? But like when you speak to like um, like people now, like in the modern day with the racing, you go, oh, do you want to do the TT?" And they're like, "Absolutely not." Or they have that kind of, "Do you know what? Actually, I would like to do it." Or like like Hickey's doing and people like that. Yeah. But yeah, like the World Championship side, like I could never imagine like Scott or I couldn't imagine Johnny Ray going. Do you know what? I'm going to go and do the TT and, and try and win yeah, it. Yeah, probably a little bit different. Um, even even now, obviously, you don't really get brought up with it and the TT really. But was I was at the back end of you was expected almost to go to the yeah. TT in the seventies and eighties, and I obviously I came along in the late eighties, and it was still a, a big thing then. Even though a lot of people w weren't doing it then, yeah. you know, uh, it, it was even it was even a world championship created because of the TT, the TTF one world championship, which I won two years running, and. Uh, so I was at the back end of that, really. But I, I was brought up, really, at the TT. My dad used to race. And um, as a kid, all I remember is going to the TT and getting two weeks off school, which is yeah. great, you know. For me, I hated school. And yeah. then I was just in and out of bloody hotels and nicking vending machines, Mars <laughs> yeah, bars yeah. out of the stuff. And at, at the amusement arcade next door, getting in, into trouble, banging the old penny yeah. machine, trying to get... You know, I was just <laughs> in and out of trouble as, as a kid and then going up to watch the racing and watching my dad race and him trying to win it. And he, him finishing second behind Joey when Joey won his first TT in 77. And so I was always brought up around the TT. I always really wanted to do it. You know, I think it's a more of a Northern England thing anyway. Back then it was. Yeah. Uh, an Irish and a Scottish and Welsh thing, really, you know. But Southern... Southern England didn't really, yeah, they didn't yeah. really bother with it, you know. Very few did. Um, obviously, now we, we Hickey, he's, he's I guess he's a, he's a Southerner, I guess. Northern, Northern, <laughs> Northern, <laughs> Northern -ish. He's North of Essex anyway. And that, that was actually going to be my next question. Like, do you, do you remember your first moment, like when you was like, do you know what, I am going to be a motorbike racer? Was it like never a doubt in your mind, like seeing your dad race or? Yeah, I mean, as far as I can remember, like you know, I was like 11, 12 years old. I would tell anybody I'm going to race motorbikes and I'm going to be world champion. Yeah. I would, and I, I look back now and think, did I actually believe that that I was, you know, yeah. what I was saying? I didn't say it because I thought it was sunny, fun, sunny, cocky, yeah. sunny, clever. I don't know, but I actually think I believed it. Um, I, I just, you know, would tell anyone that listened that, you know, I, I don't need work, I don't need school. I'm going to be racing motorbikes and be world champion. Yeah. And, uh, here I am. It yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of came true, I guess. But, Teachers uh, losing it. Teachers, oh, he's right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, winning I know, I know. Imagine teaching yeah, now. Yeah, so, yeah. Damn, yeah. he was what right. A, that kid. Yeah, what a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, he was right. Yeah, and obviously then from there you just went into. What did you start like? Was there mini bikes then, or was it motocross or scrambling or? What I did sort of? two years on schoolboy motocross uh, on a YZ one two five, um, but I was never really good at I was motocross. Say it was really good. <clears throat> no, I was. I won a. I had a few uh, local club club uh, club rounds and one I was second in the championship, uh, but I'm never really that good at it. I mean, my heart was never in it. I'm never really aggressive. I never determined. Yeah. I never. I always think I always knew it back in my mind that I was never good enough to to go on to, to be a you know a top motocross uh, racer. And it was just a case of filling in the time that I got to 18 years old when I could go road racing. It was 18 back then when I was racing. So. Uh, 
yeah, that was it really. Once I turned 18, I, I, you know, I just thought I don't really want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and my dad sort of, I, I was still racing and I rode his Ducati, uh, his Formula 2 Ducati in a, in a few club races with orange jacket on in the 83. Um, sort of, yeah, that was it then. I was hooked on road racing. As soon as I went road yeah. racing, I wanted to win. Yeah. I was just so determined to win, whereas I never was at motocross for some reason. Um, and yeah, so I, that was that was that was kind of my introduction to to road racing from school one motocross. Yeah, and you fell in love with it. Was you look? Was there anyone you sort of idolised at that point, or did you just sort of? Was there people you looked at like right? I need to do this and this to get to that stage. And yeah, Kenny Roberts was always my hero yeah. as a kid. I always used to watch him on TV and, and cheering him on at the British Grand Prix. My dad was was in the British Grand Prix in in seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy nine, and. Uh, I was, for me, it was always Kenny Robertson. My, my leathers, actually, the picture up there, are just they're a replica of his, his leathers, Kenny Robertson's leathers from 82, uh, in 83, when that picture was taken. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was, it was him, really. Um, yeah. And then was there a point where you just said, right, like, was there, what was the point of where you knew you was good enough to, to go into that sort of professional level where you had the op opportunity, obviously, to start earning some money from it? Was that, what sort of year was that? It was probably 88, another... I'd had a, a bit of a tough few years on the 250, on the 250 Grand Prix bike, uh, TZ and RS, and I broke my leg quite badly. Uh, and so I was kind of in the wilderness a little bit. I was going really, really well in 86, flying I was. Broke four lap records in four weekends, got a ride in the British Grand Prix, had to beg for a ride, and they kind of saying to me, look, you best not get in the way of all these top guys and, and knock anybody off or anything like that. I was like, all oh, right, just, you know, Sorry, yeah. race, you know. <laughs> And I finished 11th in the British yes, Grand Prix in, in the pissing rain. Uh, kept it up, right? And finished 11th, um, which is amazing. I got a few teams talking about us. I was like the young kind of 19-year-old, 20-year-old yeah. that was doing everything right in 250s. And I had a meeting with Chas Mortar, who run the Silverstone Armstrong team uh, the week after um, for Grand Prix. Got to Grand Prix, racing with him, with him and Donnie McLeod. And Neil McKenzie just left to, to run the 500. And, uh, but then a week later, I broke my leg, testing at Alton Park, ready for the, the British round there. And I made a right mess of it, uh, compound fracture, broke my femur, right mess. And I was like, I came back the year after and broke it again where the, the, the pin had been through my leg. Oh, I was infected. Um, so I was like struggling to get comfortable on 250s at this point then in my career. And it, was, it wasn't until 88 that we, the RC30 came out. We, my sponsor got me an RC30. And we said, look, you need to be on, on the big bikes. That's where the, the glory is and the yeah. money and that kind of stuff and, and the fame sort of thing. And I didn't really want to. I still wanted to race 250s and be 250 world champion. That was my dream. But because um, of my, my injuries to my leg, and that was kind of over really, you know. So I jumped on the big bike and took to it like a duck to water. I was, just, I was comfortable on the bike so for the first time. Away, yeah. I just started doing really well on it. I was only, I was only racing 80% as well, because in the back of my mind thinking, I can't really afford to crash yeah, here and, yeah. and destroy my leg again, you know. Mm. And, uh, and I won the TTF One World Championship in that first year by just being consistent, really. And, yeah. I, picked up, and I picked up a win in the Ulster Grand Prix in the wet, and then in uh, Pagusa in Sicily, the second to last round, I won there. And uh, suddenly I'm, I'm world champion, yeah. like from, from being nowhere the year yeah. before in Lenny Hospital bed to being a world champion, uh, on a, on, a, on a super bike, really, TTF One yeah. Championship. So at that point then, I kind of thought I can, I can make I some, can do you this. know, I'm professional now. And in 89, I was, I was professional then uh, with the RC30 and a bit of a help from Honda Britain and my sponsor, Dave Orton, um, Appleby Glade. So I was away then. And that was it your first professional where such contract, paid contract? Professional year yeah. was probably 89, yeah. Then I signed for Honda Britain for a paid contract yeah. of about £12,000 a year or something yeah. like that, whatever it was. Um, but that would be quite we were saying earlier like, it's quite relative compared to like the actual income like level income then I guess for like like a house let's say it would have been quite a, you probably could have bought a house could you then I don't know 12, well, probably have been 30, 40 grand maybe yeah you could yeah you could get a, yeah. a decent house for probably for, for, probably that 30, 40 grand yeah because you know, like, 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 say the nice money, semi or something yeah. you know, but, like how, the, how relative it all is in, in time isn't it it's good but and yeah. then what was that when did you was that like the equivalent to like did you go like to the BSB after that was it or um, I did the TTF1 yeah. World Championship Series and the Alaman TT and the British Superbike Rounds. Did oh, a yeah, few yeah. of them. The Shell Oils ones they were. I won a few of them. Um, we didn't do the whole series. I was doing the TTF1 World Championships, which I won again. And I obviously won the first TT in, eight, in 89. Um, so, yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty much it, really. It was in 1990. Again, I signed for Honda to do the British Championships, some World, Champ World Superbike Rounds, which yeah. is what I wanted to do. I was pushing to them. 
about five or six selected World Superbike rounds plus the TT and yeah. the TTF won World Championship, but it'd be downgraded from a World Championship in 1990 to a TTF FIM Cup, it was called, okay, yeah. which I won it fairly easily with a round to go. And, and did obviously, I got a, a ride in the Grand Prix on a studying for Killy uh, when he got injured. I rode the Grand Prix Honda, which I just hated the bike. It didn't suit me at all. Yeah. Really hated it. It was like riding the RC30 with a front end trouble with it, just tucking under everywhere. It was like, it was like the RC, but worse because it was a lot lighter bike, you know. But I rode it at Cadwell. It was flying around Cadwell. The bike always seemed to work. The RC30 always seemed to work at Cadwell. It was great. Other circuits, it wouldn't work at like Donington. And it's the same with the 500. I, I rode the 500 at Cadwell. It was flying on it. under lap record. That. It was it's, absolutely and awesome. And you had no chicane. You didn't have no, no chicane then, did it you? It was amazing. And you probably had a shorter runoff then, didn't you? At, at, the, at the bottom probably, of the mountain yeah, there, yeah. yeah. And then I just swore somebody had swapped bikes. So when I had time I got to the Grand Prix, yeah. it, was, it was horrendous. I crashed early on, on the second lap, I think it was. McLean's, I just knew the front was going to roll and took under on me. But uh, yeah, that was uh, my introduction to Grand Prix racing, I guess, in, in 1990 from, from riding the RC30 and the domestic yeah. championships, World Superbike and the TT and stuff. What was the level of the bikes like then? Like, what was the level of electronics? Was there anything or was it? That was nothing. There you just, go, uh, there's a dash. There's connections to, yeah, to your head proper. and the throttle, really, you know. Yeah. That, was, that was it. Um, no, no electronics at all. And when did you first, so when you got, when you went into the world, so obviously, like, Full, full on into the world championship. Did you, um, what, what what sort of year was that? I sound really funny because like, my naivety to the to the sport before, like I really got into it. I've, my background was motocross and then I kind of got into road racing. And then this, um, as the more and more years I've got into racing, I've looked further and further and just like, yeah, really in awe of, of sort of um, the successes, you know? And yeah. In 92 was the first kind of full year. It was a privateer. I, hadn't, I didn't have a great year with Honda in 91. The bike was old. It was not, not competitive at all. And I couldn't ride that bike again just for 30, 40 grand a year. Yeah. I, just, I just, I couldn't do it. I had to, you know, I was speaking about this recently with James Whittam said how he admired that gamble I took. And I believed in myself. I believed in my own ability. I believed I was better than anybody else in the world. And I needed a bike to go and prove that. So I yeah. bought the Ducati with the money I'd earned. Uh, through riding for Honda Britain in them previous couple of years, you know, and the truck and the mechanic and where we went. And at the second round, I won it at yeah. Donington, which I guess to this day, it's never happened. The privateer winning a race, uh, beating all the factory teams, you know. And so that kind of, it, it all paid off in that one race, really. I mean, I was a regular thorn in the side of all the factory guys throughout that 92 season. I did three quarters of the championship. I uh, did the World Endurance Championship, won that with Terry Reimer, which... Again, the money from that paid for me to run yeah. the Ducati, which is good. And I did everything that year. I rode the uh, TT with a lot tight Yamaha yeah. and, and, and nearly won there and took the lap record to 123, which stood for seven years while I was yeah. racing in World Superbikes. All the years I was racing World Superbikes, I was still the fastest guy around the TT, yeah. you know. And then did some racing in Malaysia in 92, did the Macau Grand Prix. I just did anything that was offered yeah. to me, just, yeah. you know, kind of for the money, trying to, the fame yeah. and stuff, really. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredible. Yeah, everything I touched in '92 turned to gold. Really, yeah. it was just, it just everything really worked out well for me. Uh, that, and then that, that opened the door then for for the factory Ducati contract for for '93, which was you know the, the big one really. How was it going from like obviously like if you talked about the off season when you was like putting your own show together, like you you're putting all your money and you got sponsors putting this in, putting that in. And then obviously all of that stress that you've then got, and then you're going to the first, and obviously you get that win. I bet that was a, a special feeling just because of the amount of effort. Did you feel like a huge weight? Like, yeah, was I was, it I was just, so emotional. I was crying I bet, my eyes out. because there's so mean, much stuff behind the scenes that you'd have to organise. Yeah, we'd no spare wheels or anything. There was no spare engine. Um, I'd slid off the bike in practice as well, yeah. repairing it all. And then the first race, I was leading it by three seconds and just run off the edge of the tyre around. God, I was leaning that far over. Just slid off, brought the foot rest. I was like... Absolutely in bits, crying. My dad's having a go at me. Yeah. yeah. He said, You can't keep fucking doing this and crashing. Yeah. Wife's going mad saying, Get out of the caravan, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and then to I had to yeah. put my head together yeah. and go out two hours later yeah. and, and, and win. And at the start of the race, the clutch was slipping. I just got a bad start and came through. And then I got into the lead a few laps ago. And then the gear change started jumping. I'm like, For fuck's sake, what yeah. else is going to go on with this bike? And, yeah. and I got it home yeah. and I was just relieved. I just. Can't believe it, and just, yeah. just, just crying my yeah. eyes out, really. Just finally, yeah. all the work and, and paid off everything I said I, I was. I was I was this, I was that, I was the best, and I, I could beat these guys with yeah. their... And finally, you people who, the people it. who didn't believe me thought, 
Shit, he was oh, telling the truth, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know. But that's yeah. that's something like the emotional side of it. Like obviously, like a lot of people see the racers and they see him smiling after they win a race. But like the the shit that follows you home, isn't it? Like when you're having a bad weekend or you have a bad weekend like that. Like when you're saying you just you've smashed your bike up, you've put all this effort in to get yourself here. You've had you got your dad having a go at you, you got your missus yeah. having a go at you. They're, you'd rather just walk out. You'd rather just go and get your motor out the front, wouldn't you, and drive yeah. home? Like there's no place worse you want to be. But to overcome that, it's. Um, Oh, it's mental, isn't it? And obviously, like you said, like the emotion that comes out in it. It's, I don't think people who don't, if you don't race, it's really hard. I've not found that outside of racing, that feeling of like being depended on and, and everyone looking at you, especially if you talk yourself up, I guess, as well. But I guess, like you say, when you know, you know, and that's like quite a powerful thing about racing, isn't it? Like, Yeah, I'd raced against these guys in 91 on a Honda and the bike was so uncompetitive and I was like in and out, you know, around them and, I can beat these no, guys, you, you know, yeah. and just really know I can. Um, and even my mechanic who was who was with me at Honda at the time, he's like, mm, I don't know, I don't think you can beat yeah, Doug, Doug Poland. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you know what, you know, I can beat them all. And uh, yeah, I just I yeah. got the option to. What was your dad like in them days? What had he been saying to you in the Honda? Like, put uh, your a, finger out your arse, you're yeah, all right, come like, on. You were like, or was he, he supportive? Like, he's big, really, he's my biggest fan, to be honest. Yeah. Still is, still wears a Carl Fogarty t-shirt most yeah. days and yeah. stuff. Um yeah, he was a big, big, big fan of mine, big follower. Um, but you know, he always have a bit of a go, and, and you know, if I, if I fell off a couple of times or something like that. But you know, it's like he generally was, he was right there, hundred yeah. percent. You know, supportive and helping me trying to sort deals out for for the year after with whoever it would be. You know, would he be was, going around the paddock having a little chat and that? Yeah, yeah he would be. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should sign our Carl. He's, yeah, he's, he's going to be, yeah. be good. He's going to be yeah. world champion. You know. Yeah, that's good. And then when you went yeah. the next year, then and obviously, so you went from like you said, like running yourself to to doing everything that year. Like that was ninety two. You said. Yeah. And then ninety three, when you got your that was the next year in the factory Ducati yeah, team. That was How it, was that? Man. Was you that just was, like this is yeah. I've done my bit. <clears throat> Yeah, kind yeah. of. But then at the pressure then of, yeah. you know, riding for the, the main team yeah. in World Superbike, the Ducati official factory team. You're signed to win the races, aren't you? Yeah. You're signed to win and, it, the yeah, championship. And uh, it didn't start too well, to be honest. At Brands Hatch, I was leading the race on the first lap and came into the last corner. Is it clear? Clear ways, yeah. And lost, just lost the front end. It was pissing down with rain. Oh. And I remember, for some reason, somebody had said, just watch the last corner. Don't go... Either the inside yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just thought, I've come up there, I thought, I've no idea where I'm meant to be. I just came up in the middle of the road and just went, whoa, with the brakes and yeah. fucking down I went. And I picked up speed as, as I slid it with that. It was just like ice. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. And hit the wall with my shoulder, the tyre wall. And uh, just damaged the shoulder. I couldn't race in the second race. So that was my start. One and two, the, done, yeah. My, my factory debut on, on, on the Ducati was my teammate won both races. Oh, who was that, like, your teammate then? Lapper. Yeah, and what was the um, um, testing schedule like before? Would you have had like weeks on the bike like, with the tyres and the bike um, testing in general? Was I can't it? remember much. We did, I don't think we did a lot of testing that year, to be honest. Uh, I remember being at Paul Ricard testing. Um, but I, I just think the season started quite early at Browns. It was pissing down yeah. the rain. I don't remember doing much testing, to be honest. I really don't. I mean, the years after, we tested a lot. Yeah. You know, every, every, but that 93 season into 93, I don't remember really doing much testing at all. I really don't. No, I don't. No, it's interesting because obviously now, like, testing, like, if, if well, you, you guys don't yeah. much, really do. BSB now, don't get no. a lot, but World Superbike have quite a rigorous, like, testing plan, yeah. really. And then if you look at MotoGP, obviously, them guys. I mean, we could go and bit. test wherever we wanted to, you know, yeah, but, pay yeah. for it, but you can't do that, can you? No, we can't. No, we can't believe it. Yeah. It's just, well, we've got enough money to go and test here. Well, you can't do it. It's not, it's, uh, no, it's not yeah, in the rules. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's all about it. It is crazy. But that, yeah, it's mad because obviously, then, like we were saying about the tyre battles, like you had all these different tyre manufacturers then, and you've yeah. got each one trying to bring out a new tyre for this track and that track. And would it, would, if you went out on the Friday and say you had four tyres to try and none of them worked, would they get something to you the next day? Would it be like, yeah. right? Well, the, the, we're truck, in, yeah. the truck was full of tyres. It really was. I mean, you'd open the doors and it was like, hell. Oh, oh, how many laps do I have to do? I'm just trying <laughs> to find something in here that's going to work. There was 16.5, 17 inch. I was. I was really a 17 inch guy from the, in the rear. I, I was I was the last of, of them to be prized off onto 16.5. Yeah. I really couldn't get on with 16.5 at all. So I was, but the 17 run hot, it, you know, the, it, the bigger the wheel, it, the hotter it ran. And some circuits, it would just it would just run too hot by the, by the late 90s and blister or, or pop or blow out and stuff like that, which it did at Brands in which 99. Is, yeah, um, yeah. And I, then for the second race, I had to run 16.5 and 
just struggle on 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 mid mid corners grip, yeah. which is something that was my strong point. The, the mid corner speed that I, I, I my corner speed that I carried was was better than the other guys. That's my main strength strength really. And, and when I've got a tire that's breaking traction all the time on on full yeah. lean as I'm touching the throttle, then I was struggling to be fair. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of tires to to get. And I, all my hard work really had to be done. On Friday and Saturday, straight away, straight into it, straight onto. On, so you used to and race run and race run. my teammate had yeah. two different, some sort of slim, similar tyres, but yeah. I'd go off his information um, and he'd go off mine with Troy, of course, to say. And uh, we're trying to find some tyres out Friday and Saturday morning then to, to, to think, right, this one should be the good one. Mitchell would have a bit of an idea anyway, you know, but then try for a race run on that, try 20 laps on, oh, on, no, on Saturday. I, yeah. and when and, I do yeah. 20 laps and boom, look at my tires, bang, bang, bang. You're not poodling, you can't, it, can you? You can't. No, 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 yeah. not at all, not. And if it wasn't, if tire wasn't right after eight laps had come in, they'd try another one, try and get about 16 in, then, then you were gambling then for, yeah, the, for yeah. the Sunday, you know. But if I did all my homework and got everything right on Friday and Saturday, then... Sunday would be quite easy. No, because I, 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 I thought I can pace. beat nobody yeah. can beat me. They can't carry the course speed I carry, and I've got the right tire. I'll, I'm going to win the race. Yeah. That was my mentality back then. That's how confident I was, you know. But I, it, but it was just whether we'd done our own homework on, on Friday and Saturday to get to, you know to the tire to work and, and last for twenty laps sort of thing, you know, twenty. 25. What was it like being courses teammate? Was you did you get a bit loose like away from the circuit or like when you were in the season was you quite focused and yes. you didn't really like did you was you not like that as a person did you not want to like sort of get away get from your program? Stuff, yeah, like was no, you no, quite no, serious? No, I quite, like, yeah, I was quite intense, quite focused. Um because that's yeah. as your like career like you were a focused guy. You went, didn't you? And you went yeah, to win and that's uh, it. It's mentally very strong and yeah. just focused and I didn't quite I didn't really enjoy racing to be honest. I enjoy winning. It's a big difference. Um, I look at people who enjoyed racing, like James Whitton, people like that, and kind of env envy me a little bit. I wish I I'd have enjoyed it like, as much as yeah. what they did, but then it, I think if I did, then maybe I won't be the person as, as successful as I was. I don't know. I was so intent on winning, so so much driven about winning. When I, once I had won it, that, that five minutes on the rostrum listening to the National Anthem was like, yes, yeah. relief. It's fantastic. And champagne. And, Within five minutes after I've come off the rostrum, I'm thinking about the next race. Right, where are we going? Yeah, what you we know, yeah, what we need yeah. to do for that circuit. Yeah. Um, I struggled a bit last year, and my head's gone on that. And that was what I was thinking yeah. about. You know, the next race all the time. Was that a strength? Would you say now, like when you look back, would you say that was one of your strengths that you was just relentless in your work rate, almost like just <sighs> mentally? Yeah, I guess it was, but it, I don't know. In some some ways, it kind of kind of been me, me downfall as well. I was just maybe too intense and needed to switch off from it a little yeah, bit. Maybe, you know? Yeah, And even when I come home to to, to, to house and I, I found it, I did, you know, I, I struggled to switch off. I was still yeah. thinking about the, that next race and where it, where it'd be in the championship position and where I was and the points and stuff like that. Yeah, I just I, I did bring, I did certainly bring it, brought it on with me. Certainly, people who lived around yeah. me, my wife and I, put up with a lot from oh, yeah. me for a lot of years. To be fair, yeah, they did. Well, having that because it's really it's a really mad thing because like even like when you look at like the wives of motorsport racers, let's say like it's such a different life. Like if if your wife was at the school dropping off the kids and their partners are there and there's all these, but with like racing, it's, it's such a different, like the, the women are on their own quite often, or if they're coming to the circuit, it's just such a different life, isn't it? And it's uh, like from, from the normal person, if you've got a nine to five job, but you've married a motorbike racer, it's, yeah. you know, it's completely different. And it's, um, yeah, it's yeah and she was always really supportive, Michaela. Um, she was always there, always yeah. came to every race, always there. Biggest fan, she would be there on the pit wall doing the timing. Yeah, she wanted to be, it, yeah. she wanted to be part of it, really. You know, and yeah. she was there when, her shoulders are crying when things weren't going well, and obviously when things were, then she, you know she was yeah. dead excited and, and buzzing like, as I was. Yeah. And then what was that? What about after? When was the? Um, I didn't. Didn't you have that tear up with uh, Frankie Keeley? I was going to say when you said you didn't you have that that Asin, that when you done him at the chicane? Yeah, it was just, <laughs> didn't you? yeah. People go on about that still, uh, like you've rented it now. But <laughs> I mean, I love Frankie. I, mean, I wish him all the best yeah. in his, his battle with with Parkinson and stuff. And he's one of the very few guys that I actually got on really well with. Yeah. To be fair, but we had that heated. He, but it was heated moment. moment. He's off um, the race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He kind of blamed me for. Yeah. We weaving around it on the track, but. I, it, it was coming to a bit of a head, really. All, all, all the three Ducati yeah. guys, the factory guys, me, Killy, Corsa, could all have won the championship in 98 at that point. And it, the two managers didn't like each other, Virginia and Davide didn't, didn't like yeah. each other. And 
in the first race, I, I, he'd, he'd passed me, he'd pulled down the back straight and just passed me. Like, he's back faster than mine. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know, and he couldn't lead the race. Um, but he passed me on the last lap and, and beat me over the line. I was fucking furious. I'm like, I, I've been beating ass on this night and this doesn't happen, you know. Yeah, that was your his track. His bike was, was fast yeah. and I'm thinking, he's Italian. He's conspiracy. He's got a better engine. Yeah, than Ducati you know. favoured him. Totally, I don't yeah. think it was that no. case. I think sometimes you got engines and some were just quicker. Than yeah. Killy always does seem to have fast bikes. And then, so in the second race, he, he was leading early on. I passed him. He couldn't really lead the race. I, I could lead around and get my head down, but I couldn't shake him off. And I thought, he's not coming past again on the last lap and down the straight. So I was kind of weaving. And that's what he was angry about, to be oh, honest. Oh, okay. Um, so it weren't even so much no, about the move. But then thing, yeah. he crashed. They th just being somewhat stupid to be honest. I, I, I lost, I actually lost the lead to him. I missed a gear further around on the last lap and he came past. I thought, no problem, your last corner, you make sure you're right though, you're definitely faster into the yeah. chicane. And just went straight up the inside, boom, boom, back to first gear, backing in a little bit. And uh, I didn't even know he'd gone down, to yeah. be honest, because I've gone through, won the race, looked around, and, and I yeah. thought he's finished second or third. I went, so I came back around and saw him walking across and didn't look happy. I thought, what's happened? And he's like, and then he realised he crashed. And he's like, you fucking like going mad. And yeah. I said, well, I never touched you. I'm, I'm passionate. I was like, man. Mega place though. You know? with, all, with all the fans there. Because um, that, that is some... That is yeah, some, the old uh, fans who were mental. Like, it was a crazy crowd. Like 60,000 Brits were over there or something. It was mad. And uh, yeah, he just got really heated. And, and then he came in the dressing, in, in the press conference after he had a shower, his blue towel in kind of dressing gown. Yeah. And, Still going, man, what to say? This guy, is, what he did today was really bad. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, shit, come man. on, man. He's um, racing, yeah. But yeah, it was, um, it was, he just got eaten for that, 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 that's, that's sort of period of, of time, really. And by the year after, we were, we were kind of all mates again and, and stuff, you know. But uh, he was a very passionate guy yeah. about racing, as, as we all are, really. But amazing track, yeah. owner Acid. Was that one of your, would that have been yeah, one of your favorites? Yeah, it was my favorite, yeah. The way yeah. it was built, it was just built for me, it's, for my style. And that really. was a longer lap then, wasn't it? Where you went, yeah, you went, two yeah. minutes a lap, yeah, just two minutes, one second, I think it was. I think the lap record I got there in, uh, in 99. But um, yeah, it was just for me, I mean, my transition from letting go of the brakes excel, to the accelerator was, was my strong point. Yeah. I, I, the transition was just, straight yeah, away. Okay, you know, there was yeah. a lot of people coming, breaking, off the, off the brakes, turn, yeah. then go. But mine was initially straight away from yeah. brake to throttle. And then the banking, the bank corners, the camber that, that Asin had, it just helped me as well hold the line really good. I and he's horribly late on the brakes. Tenth of a second on every corner, yeah. quicker than the rest of the guys, you know. And then, you know, I won 12 out of 14 races there and only lost Amazing. two by half a bloody wheel, which the two yeah. that I remember, to be honest, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of built for for me for my style of riding. To be honest, yeah, yeah two fifty corner speed kind of style of riding. Yeah, yeah, that is impressive. And then like, but going back to the so like with the piss up thing, you didn't really you weren't really into that. No, just, no, we'd have a few beers. Yeah, uh, in the season Asun maybe. Or... Um, yeah, not. No, I just never never. A lot of them weren't really big drink. Well, I think it's Russell were and they liked a few and Troy and Goberts them them guys. They, they they could drink a bit, but I couldn't really drink. Me and Whitam and you know whatever. We'd, yeah. Uh, if, if, Few shandies and that was yeah, about it really. You know? South Southern, mate. Yeah. That, um, and what was like? What was it? Who was your worst? Like, who was your the rival? You was con. You just you just actually had a proper rivalry with. Ah, just everybody really. It seemed to be for me. Um, but the three Americans in 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 different sort of years were, were Russell, Edwards, and uh, Kaczynski. Uh, yeah. Those three really were, were three very fast guys who could who could win the world championship. Well, all did win a world championship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my my. my my, my focus and and beef was with, with those guys because but they was the same with me really they, yeah, they yeah. weren't they weren't afraid to say what was on their mind you know um or what the what the heart's on the sleeve sort of thing and uh yeah it was it was it was God, it must have been the Sky TV loved it you know we're, well, you're winning you know, the world championship you're not out there you're not, not out there, out there to make friends and we're always no. dissing them or saying yeah. oh yeah I'll beat him he's not he's not that good his back's better than what he is that kind of thing you know and <laughs> Stuff yeah. like that, little um, digs. Yeah, that's all yeah. Right. I mean, even on TV, I've seen clips on YouTube, and yeah. where I've I've called Kaczynski a little cop from Arkansas <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm like, God, why have you? Why did you say? Why did you say, you say that after? Do you think to yourself after? Or do you yeah. think I don't care? Like, no, no, I didn't. But it's just now. I think why don't I just keep my mouth shut and just and put less pressure on myself. But I just that's how I was. I was yeah. just you were a fierce rival, though, weren't you? Like, arrogant, yeah. sort of you know, intense. 
single-minded, all them kind of words that really for, for, to, to win, you know, that was it. But that's what, I'm, I'm sure it was Johnny Ray, like me and Johnny would be would be talking a little bit and I'm sure that he said to me, like there, there's that certain element of bastard you've got to have in you to, yeah. to win that championship because Mr. Nice Guy is going to get trodden on, isn't he? Like you've got to have that, I don't care, if you're in my way, I'm coming through you and that's it. Because that's how you win championships, and would you agree that's how you were just fierce? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, Jonathan, like you say, he's he's like that. He's got a real a real edge to him. Um, I mean, even back in my day, the guys didn't like doing. He, he was he was ruthless to be yeah. honest. And uh, you know, Schwantz and people like that, they, they, you know, Will Lawson, and they didn't particularly like each other really. You know, they were kind of they were trying to really ride hard and try and try to win. You know, um, it just seems to have changed. Since the Rossi era came yeah. along, where it was a lot more smiley and approachable and friends and stuff. In, Apart um, from him and Marquez, they hated each other, didn't they? Well, yeah, <laughs> they but, the yeah, that was yeah, that was a bit of a daft one, really, for all and both. To be honest, in, in Sepang, yeah, it was crazy. Just to enjoy watching the racing, like yeah, you follow yeah, the yeah. Worlds and MotoGP. Yeah. My favourite is the BSB, to be honest, because you're in it, Danny. I know, obviously, you know, you know. big fan. Um, big fan. I've got a yeah. t-shirt for you. Now. I'll sign it for you later. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'll put it in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I watched the, the, the three, the BSB, World Superbike yeah. and MotoGP. Them's the three I follow and watch. But I, my, in order, BSB's the number one for me. I yeah. just can't believe that it's still legal for you guys to race bikes with the much more horsepower that you've got without electronics on some of the most ridiculous circuits skill, in the world. Skill, skill level, mate. You know what I mean? Home parks and Cabo with Knock Hill and yeah. stuff like that. Thrux and I'm like, it's just yeah. one big right hundred yeah. Thrux. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, mate, honestly, mad. give me that Ducati and some of them tyres, mate. I'll sort it right yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, honestly. It's, it's fair play to you, boys. And, and there's so many, within a split second, you can be on the rostrum or you can be down in 12th to 15th. Oh, you know, it's, it, it is mad. It's it's great spectacle to watch. I love watching it, yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And touching back then, obviously going through the career, like what about the, so the MotoGP side of things? You obviously did a, a couple of wildcards. Was it the first wild card you ran out of fuel? You was in a rostrum position, wasn't you? And you yeah, ran out of fuel. that was the second time. Second, really. no, yeah. third time um, in '93. Yeah, when I, God, I was so close to winning the British Grand Prix in a lot of ways. That'd have been mental, wouldn't it? That'd have been. And I, I hadn't any practice on the bike at all, and in in a, in a, in a weekend where I needed more track time than anybody else, because everybody else had been on. 500s all year. I've been racing four strokes. You just rocked up and raced it. You raced race it. it before. And after when we went to bed Friday night, I was second fastest behind either Rainy or Swans. And I thought, fucking hell, I can win this here. And then on the first lap, the morning warm up on Saturday, I high sided the thing. Looking back, oh, there's there a crash up there. Actually, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. Coming out of Melbourne. Um, the Widowmaker. Yeah, and then I damaged the bike and they couldn't get it running properly for the next qualifying session. So I got a spur bike out and that felt awful. So I dropped from second fastest to fifth fastest. And it found something, a loose wire or something on the kill button or something it was. Um, so we had to guess again, everything for, for the Sunday, what tyre, that yeah. kind of thing, the gearbox internals, I still I'm just going to have to leave them. I just felt that second was too low. So they could have changed all of that yeah, internally. And to, I just, to get, yeah. You know, and then in the race... Um, obviously there's a big crash on the first lap I avoided that I got through to second place I was catching rainy a little bit for a lap or two then I just I was starting to trouble with the front brake that kept coming back to the bar so you see me at one point just reaching over and winding the thing out and out and out and as, as I do that Cad Laura comes past me put, get the brake right and the rear tyre had gone too soft to tie yeah, with, with chores. And, no electronics. And then again. I was struggling, struggling, keeping the thing, you know, in third place. And I just about held off uh, Mackenzie. 
And then on the last lap, it just it misfired a few times. I thought, oh, God, what's going wrong now? And I just knew something was going to go yeah. wrong coming out the last corner. It just came out. He just came past and I'd like third place was gone. Um, and that was it, really. And I was only about 22 seconds off winning the bloody race or something, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was, I, was just, I was pissed off, too, man. Not, not only because I just got pit for third place on the roster. But it was not your fault again. But um, yeah. we just didn't have much practice with this bike. And when I did, it, it didn't go right. Everything kind of went wrong that could have gone wrong, really. And, I, you know, I look at it now, if I'd have had a bit more time on the bike and we could have won the British Grand Prix, you know. Yeah, and did um, you have that, do you know, like that aura you had, like I was saying about being the fierce competitor? When you went and done, like, the, the, the Merch EP, did you take that with you? Was that just instilled in you? Like, did you, or was you a bit like when you was behind Rainy? Was you like, fucking hell, I'm not that far away from, did you have any sort of thought, like, oh, I'm not far from winning the Grand Prix or I'm not far from being in the podium of the Grand Prix or was you just getting on with the race and just head down? I'm just getting on with the race yeah. and going as hard as I could really. Zone, and, yeah. and riding hard on the bike because it was, I was getting a little bit tired on the bike as well because it just didn't seem right that the, the yeah. brakes trouble, the rear tyre, then the gearbox, I just felt like it was in the wrong, second or third gear was too low, too long, can't which one it was, which way yeah. around it was now. So I was overriding the bike a little bit, you know, um, struggling later on in the race, but I just managed to hold off and got third place. And then as it came out of the corner, it just misfired and spluttered over the line. And that was it. it got passed by Neil. And uh, yeah, I was obviously gutted, to be honest. But um, I was more gutted that we'd not won the bloody race, really, with what it's, happened. Yeah. You know? It just baffles me now that obviously you get that. Like, you, If you went now and like World Championship rider went and jumped on a MotoGP yeah, by yeah, finished yeah. second, yeah, yeah. they'd almost be like a guaranteed, wouldn't yeah, they? Like, yeah. right, we're going to get you in that contracted up next year yeah. into the and was there any opportunities like that with the MotoGP or there was a little bit yeah I or? mean in, in, after that race in, in 93 and Lucky Strike Suzuki uh, Gary Taylor was kind of interested um, but it just fizzled out Lucky Strike didn't really want me on the back I didn't really help myself I wasn't very promotable really yeah, I was, he was winning races though weren't yeah, you like, I, just, no, I yeah. was a scruffy looking guy that I didn't really pay, t take much about presentation like yeah. and win races yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a bit of talk with them, and then I think all that was to just to get get them to get Doug Chandler a bit cheaper or something. I don't know for '94 season. Then, then in '95, when I won the World Superbike title again. Um, I went to Spain for the Grand Prix. Uh, met Roberts, who was thinking about signing us for for '96. He said he wanted me to ride the, the Marlboro Am I '96, and he was just waiting on Marlboro whether they can they okayed or not. And he came back. He said, "Look, Marlboro don't don't want you." And I, I don't know if how true all this is. I don't know, but. That was it, really. And he's somewhere riding the bike next thing. So um, I don't know if, how much yeah, it, it really wanted to be yeah. honest. But, uh, yeah. So then my, 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 that kind of door closed then for me in, in MotoGP. I just said, I'm signing for Honda in 96 and uh, Castle on the year. And, and, and that was it, really. So that, that the door had shut, basically. And I said, look, that's me now. I'm, I'm like sort of 30. No, I was like nearly 30, 29, 30. And yeah. I just wanted racing and we'll see about it for random recruiting but we'll see about it was so big then yeah yeah it didn't yeah. seem that important to racing gps it was massive for the crowds and the tv coverage the media coverage was all about world superbike and, yeah. and not gps uh, amazingly when you think about it now yeah and how was the honda then so you went to the honda did you carry that sort of like well it doesn't matter what i get on i'm gonna i'm gonna win it did you, you know have that not like arrogance i had like lost belief? i had yeah. lost my belief a little bit that year i look back now and yeah i just kind of went there <clears throat> for the money, really, I think, um, and, and the organisation and the fact that I got a Honda NSX to drive and a Prelude and a fucking motocross bike, yeah. I was like, oh, yes, excellent, yeah. you get these at Ducati, you know. They kind of dangled the carrot and I, I went for it, you know, with, with Neil Tuxworth and, and the Honda, the same sort of crew that I knew from Honda Britain days, it was all based in the UK. And uh, and I, when, I, when I got there, I just thought, I just I wasn't that motivated, to be honest. I remember saying to Mikhail, I don't think I could win the championship this year, and she said, I don't think you will, I think you will. I just yeah. kind of gone for wrong reasons, really. But and I didn't help myself. I didn't focus. I didn't push. I wasn't really passionately aggressive and determined to win. Um, yeah. I wasn't a few round, a few rounds, but but not all of them. Uh, yeah. And so I, I even went to the last round. I could still have won the championship, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I ended up fourth, um, but I won two races at Assen again, things like that, and a few other races at. Um, at Monza and at Ockenheim. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, I'd made the mistake. I'd broke up a winning team. I would have won the World Championship in 96 with again. Ducati. There's no question. Was that. there a contract on the table for Ducati? Would they, did they want to renew again for that yeah, season? Yeah, I think there was a bit, oh, well, you know, he's been and he's left us. I'm not so sure, but yeah, Virginia sort of persuaded him to, you yeah. know, give me the, bring me home. And yeah, when I came back home and things had changed really. The suspension guy had gone and the engine guy had gone and the bike felt different in 97. So, like, yeah. yeah, it was just, it felt like the bike felt alien for what I remember. So breaking up a winning team, it cost me two years to get it back right again, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, and did. then what was the last year you won? The, what was the last year you won? The, the, 90, was 99. 99, yeah. yeah. Well, I won it in 98. Again, yeah. I lost me a little motivation a little bit in 98. Um, we had the incident with Killy in, in Assen and stuff, and I lost motivation at, during maybe at Laguna Seca. Maybe David Tarazzi gave me some harsh words, saying, "Come on, you can, you know, you're you wasting our time or what? You keep moaning about your yeah, bike, you're moaning about your knee." Yeah. And I just, you know, he says he kind of said the right things at the right time. You, you're wasting our time. You can still do this. You still win if you want to. It's down to you. You're moaning about your bike. You're moaning about this, and get on with it and just fucking race on. Yeah. Like. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll show you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I pulled it round and managed to go on and win the championship in 98, when I didn't really deserve to, to be fair. Yeah. Do you think they knew I was a bit lucky? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, that, by the, so then I was backfired up and for 99, I, people thought he was lucky to win the championship in 98. And I was really, to be fair, I was lucky. Uh, and that went down to the last race, did you say, last weekend? Yeah, of, and yeah. Sugo, between me, Slight and, and Corsa. Yeah. And I came out on top. And so emotional again, it was just such a relief. It was like the emotions were just unbelievable. It's just like this all season, it's yeah. up and down. I'm not going to win. But oh, I just yeah. pulled it out of the bag at the last last round of the year. Where was that? To win at Sugo in oh, Japan, Sugo, again, the other side of the world. And uh, yeah, so then in 99, I was just so focused on being number one. I was like, me, I was me, yeah, I just, me head was right. I was definitely fitter. Uh, the same bike, same team. And I just knew that I was going to come out of the blocks and go, bang, take that, you lot. I'm, 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 you know, my motivation is right back to, you know, highest level it's ever been, you know. And I came out and won both races in the first round at Kyle Army in South Africa. And I hadn't won a double race win for three years. Yeah. So and it's, it's mad that you say, like, I had back. that. And you, like, what's mad is that, like, you say, like, I had that motivation. And when I knew I had that motivation, I knew I could win. But when you had that motivation, what, what changed in your riding abilities to, in, like, was it just, did the determination take over the skill or was it just a combination it of... It was just the motivation to, to work harder on Friday and to Saturday. To understand what was going wrong yeah, if it was. Just and, do all the yeah. work on the bike and not get distracted by someone like Troy going out and doing one fast lap with like, just, then he had to go. I think, yeah, why yeah. has he done that? And just forget it. Stick to what you're doing. Stay what um, I'm doing. You know, um, just focus on that. I'm writing this down, mate. I need some tips. <laughs> Talk to you about it after. I'll give you a tenner yeah. for him. No, but it's mad. And obviously like, yeah, like the amount that you've, the amount that you've done and won and and things like that, obviously it's impressive. So it's, yeah, mental. But the, um, and obviously, yeah, like I touch, I keep touching back on like the, the bastard factor. The, is that something like, when you kind of, obviously you had the, so it was 2000 that you had the injury, was it at Phillip Island? Yeah. And how, how was that? Like obviously, like I've, I've seen you've spoke about it a little bit before, but what was it, was it just, shit, what am I going to do now? Or like, let's get back to being fit and see how we feel. Or how was that I kinda, whole, whole I, thing? I, I knew early on from when I had the accident that this wasn't, you know, an easy fix and, and, and it was probably going to be a career ending one. Yeah. And when I saw the specialist, the professor Andrew Carr in, at Oxford, when I got back, he said, look, you've made a mess of that. It's going to take a year for it to heal properly, you know. Um, how old was you then? 34. 34, yeah. yeah. And... You know, you're never you're gonna lose a certain movement of it. I mean, even now, even doing that, that doesn't come down yeah. like that does, you know. Um, and it's a position you need to be in when you're yeah, down behind the screen, you know. Yeah. And you'll lose a bit of strength and, and obviously a bit of a nerve damage. So the decision was made, really, you know. And I, I remember announcing it in in the September. I was I thir turned 35 then. And uh, yeah, I just you know I just saw him wrapped up in my own little bubble. I didn't even know how, how big a name I was. I mean, it was coming on the TV across the Sky Info bar across the bottom. Carl Fogarty announced his retirement. Yeah. Fax machines go in and whatnot. It was just mad. There's radio station, TV wanting to speak. What are you going to do now? I was like, I just, just, I just relief that it was all over was somehow. I haven't got yeah. that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to win again because it becomes so big. And I didn't have a manager or anything at that point. And it was, the pressure was unbelievable. I put on myself and the expectation from the crowd and the, team, the media coverage, the expectation was so big that it was all over. It was like such a relief. I can, yeah, you know, smile and kind of enjoy yeah. it, you know, and kick back and, and be at home a bit and just 
do fun stuff, you know. Because people don't understand that. Like when you're on a race weekend, let's say, and you're signing autographs, how many people smash it, win it, go on, mate, you can. Oh, yeah. And it's like, do you know, like there's so many like, little ounces of energy that get taken away, isn't there? Like throughout, like, obviously the fans are great and they're mega and they're motivating, but there's so much to deal with on a race weekend let alone then you've got the pressure of winning the championship and let alone then you win the championship, you need to win every race for Ducati and it's like, there's just an, an insurmountable amount of pressure in it and it's like, did you know when you was on the, when you crashed that bike, did you know, like, or was you just like, nah, Phil, I'm smashed up, yeah. Yeah, because I, I smacked my head as well. I was, I, the head injury was as bad as a shoulder injury for a while. Some... Did you clip the back of something? Was it that yeah, crash? Was it that crash? Yeah. I, I, you, you only see it from my onboard camera and you think, well, why have I clipped the back of this guy? I don't know, but... Apparently he was having trouble. I'd got a bad start from front row of the grid. I don't know why. I hit a damp patch at the start from from the race one. It was wet. It was dry for race two, but there's damp patch and I lost. Went sideways a bit and I got away quite bad. I remember passing Gobert on the first lap, and um, the next thing I remember is is just hearing a helicopter noise stuff like that. You know, I was I'd smacked my head. I'd gone in with my shoulder. My head. I I clipped the back of yeah, his bike obviously, yeah. but he'd had a problem apparently that he'd gone offline and his bike cleared and he came back onto the line. I came so fast behind him, clipped him. It was my own fault, I guess, really. Um, and then I don't, but I don't remember anything and I just hit the wet grass apparently and hit the, I ricocheted off the tire wall back out. Then people thought I was dead because I, I was just led there emotionless, you know. But that's um, not the, but you see that gap, you make that decision. You're going, yeah. so you're traveling, you're covering how many meters per second? It's nuts, isn't it? And you made that decision to overtake and it, yeah, it was well, one of them, it? You it just, was, yeah. Um, but that was it, really. The next thing I know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've got a head injury. I was like so tired for the next six months. I had some bruising or on the brain or something. I can't, work, I can't remember what it was because yeah. um, of the head injury. Um, mm. But you know, my shoulder was a mess, and I was just so tired all throughout summer. I kept going to bed really early at, at night and stuff, you know. And uh, yeah, I just felt that straight away that this was it. Really, I was just prolonging the agony of announcing the retirement and uh, announcing it. But, um, but yeah, that was it. I guess. And you know, you, if if you was fit enough to get back on the bike, would you have? Would it have been no yeah. shadow of a doubt type thing? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. If I felt, if I felt, yeah, I was. If you could have done, yeah, it, yeah. definitely. No question. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then what about after that? Was it just like, did you did you have a plan or did you no, not really? No, really was you no. like, like you said, you sat there. I've done a lot financially, to be honest. At that point, anyway, I just thought I'll just. <laughs> Just sit on what I've earned and uh, and just carefully monitor it, you know. Um, yeah. I don't. I didn't really know. I mean, the next thing I know, I got a three-year contract thrown in front of me with Ducati, a three-year contract from Shark Helmets and things like that. Just just a, ambassador yeah. kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah, and then obviously the Patronus thing that yeah. came along, uh, which is a bizarre thing that happened, really. And it was, you know, how did it that, come about? God, uh, it came about through a guy called David Wong, who I raced for. I did some racing in Malaysia in '92. Far Patronus and won a few races for them uh, on the Kawasaki run team. <coughs> and he was, uh, he was, you know, he's right in with Patronus running the car team and the, and the, and the superbike team in, in Malaysia. And he said, look, there's this thing happening uh, with Patronus and Sauber with this engine and, you know, on about going to MotoGP and that. And I'm like, I was on holiday at the time in my, my house in Spain and, and, uh, it was, he kept going on about this thing. I'm like, half, half not even interested, listen yeah, to yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah. like, whatever. Um, I think I can persuade him to come to World Superbike. I'm like, all right, whatever. Anyway, I left, I'll pass it on to my manager who I had then, Neil. And he spoke with him. He said, look, I think there's something here with this, you know, um, yeah. big, big sort of deal. And so he somehow convinced them to not go to MotoGP and just build three bikes or four bikes, but to become a, a new manufacturer. Yeah. Have to make 150 bikes. Because they've got them still now, haven't they? As well they've as got, the yeah. four bikes for us to go racing, like. So they're like, really, 154 racing bikes, really, is what they were. Um, so, yeah, that's how it happened. Um, and I, th I think as soon as it happened, I think Patronus probably thought, what have we done here? What, what, who signed this off here? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's signed off now. It's a five-year yeah. deal. Yeah. Uh, we, Fogarty's got to create the facilities, uh, build the chassis. Um, get the staff, everything, and yeah. put the riders on the bike. And that was my, the, the main thing I was involved in, really. In, uh, that was what I was head of. I got people, good people around me to help do that because yeah. I didn't really know anything about running the business, you know. Big commitment. Um, yeah. But we we did everything really well. Um, we had great facilities, great bike. We copied off a, a 500 Yamaha, all the, the kind of diameters, dimensions, yeah. that kind of thing, really. And, and, and uh, Fabtech, they, did, they designed the bike. Um, 
yeah, so then we'd come along and put the engine, fit in perfect, and kind of that's when the trouble started, really. We just designed and fundamentally built wrong, really, for a three-cylinder. It should have been done a lot differently than what it was, but a guy called Suter had given the development project, passed on from Sauber, and really, we didn't have no, we had no say in that, really. So it was, <clears throat> it, it was hard for him because he was new to doing something like this. He was just used to doing two strokes, yeah. bloody clutches and things like that, I guess. Um, How was you as a team manager? Like, how did you feel like being like watching your riders? Was you like, did you have that killer instinct, that fierceness back again, where you wanted to beat everyone up the pit lane, or was it like, mate, come on, you're not putting in enough effort? Or was there, was you like, I can't, yeah, like, how was you as a team manager? Would you say? Uh, well, I was all right, really. I was, I mean, I. I'd put guys on the bike who've, who'd been around a while, you know, like yeah. Troy and, and Corsa yeah. and, uh, and people like that. So it was, it was fine. I just, and I knew what the, the bike they were on was not nowhere near capable of, of yeah. doing anything. So but you knew I didn't say too much, to yeah. be honest. You know, we put Chris Walk on the bike and, yeah. and James Aiden the first year and, and Gary McCoy. And then obviously last year I kind of helped um, Craig Jones a little yeah. bit put a new young guy on and to hard, to learn the hardware really yeah. on some uncompetitive to learn the circuits and that um, which hopefully will stand him in good stead for future which wasn't to be unfortunately yeah. for yeah. for him and he sadly killed at <coughs> Brands um, but yeah it was I mean it was just an emotional roller coaster ride of, of, of a few a little highs but a lot of lows really there's a lot of frustration going to a race meet, meeting weekend where if you've got a presence that she's as big as anybody's there and you're running around trying to get an odd yeah. point at the back, you know, um, with an uncompetitive bike, which is overheating or leaking oil, that sort of thing. It was, it was, it was really frustrating. But Patronus stuck to the guns for the five years and wouldn't let us change it for the last two years and run Fireblades or Ducatis yeah. or something like that, you know. But no, they've kind of an just, easy way out, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would have been easier yeah. to do that and we'll get some decent results. But um, no, it ran its course and, and that was it, really. Yeah, and what did you do after that? Did you, did you ever think about anything else? Was you still just trying to stay connected with the racing side of things? Not or? really. I took a few years off then. I just had enough of it all. I got a bit sick of it all, really, to be honest. So that would be draining. Years. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple of years with my best mate who, who died of cancer, who was battling cancer, and I was just spent a bit of time with him, really, the last couple of years. Went fishing, going out for drinks and stuff like that. and uh, Cop fishing. Eh? Carp fishing? No, sea fishing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know like carp fishing. Oh, that's something. So. We like a bit of carp fishing <laughs> no, when no, we do. No, I know you love. What was you catching? Anything that's in the sea. Anything that bite. <laughs> yeah. Cod. Or Did you cook mackerel it? Mackerel and uh, yeah, we cooked it. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So I spent a couple of years with him until yeah. he died, and then I kind of got back involved with a bit of stuff with Eurosport and things like that, and, and whatever, and, and stuff with CCM and uh, stuff with Ducati, that kind of thing, really. Yeah. Then I guess chat shows, tours, things like that. We've and I guess we obviously then that around this sort of time you would have gone. Would that have been the jungle time when you got called up? Yeah, to have just a after go? that. Yeah, it was 2014 when I got asked to do that show for the second time. Um, I've been asked previously about 2003. It's not long after I retired from racing. Not enough zeros on the contract. You say come back when there's a few more. Now. No, but I just <laughs> wasn't really mentally right for yeah. that kind of thing. Then to be honest, even though family wanted me to do it, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. And then when they did ask me in 2014, I was like, I fancy this. And Michael's going, nope, don't do it. Everyone, you'll think you're a twat and I'll hate you. Don't do it. My <laughs> thanks for the cheers for the honesty. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the well support. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, ITV came up to my house to help persuade us do it, and that flew us down to London. Um, said the family we looked after in mean, the Versace Hotel and stuff, and, and she's like, "No, no, don't need to do it." And I, I went, "I'm going to do it. I'm doing it." Was it's, that because she me. said, "No, don't do it"? Did you just think I'm I getting? I'm and I didn't do tell it. her I was doing it. I'd already yeah. said yeah, and she found out that I'd said yes because uh, it was really early on in the year. I was like March, April time. Okay, I yeah. agreed to do it. I kept it secret. And then in the summer, she didn't speak to you for about two months. It was great. Oh. <laughs> Did you live in a different part of the yeah, house? Yeah. Were you in a spare bedroom? And then she you? came round and threw a bit of a going away party for us and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, uh, everything was was good. And yeah, one of the, the biggest TV show in the UK. And yeah, you kind of throw yourself in there. And uh, I was a bit nervous at the start, really nervous. And then oh, I kind, yeah. kind of got yeah. into it and I got a good bunch of people in there, really, which was yeah. good. And threw myself in. I was keeping the fire going and boiling the bloody water and cooking the rice and beans and fetching more wood and stuff and throwing himself into all the challenges. And it just, yeah, it just, it just spiralled. And I, I didn't know what was going on being said on and shown on, on the outside. But from the first vault off, I was in that with four, three others. I survived it. And I thought, 
And I thought I'd gone. I thought it was a big four to, to, yeah. to be in this, this team event that we'd, we'd lost. So it was four for four. And um, yeah, I'd come out, I'd, I'd, I'd gone through that. I thought oh, I'm probably going to be safer for a couple, of, a couple yeah. of days here now, you know. Um, but you know, when it got to the final, I thought, Jesus I Christ, you, you I'm like, got, got to the final. Yeah. Like, I come third, yeah. then second, then king of the jungle, foggy. I'm like, what? Just dropped to my knees. It's completely shocked me, to be it's honest. It's mental, isn't it? Absolutely huge uh, mental thing. What was um, the worst part of it? What was obviously like? Let's talk about the eating side of things. Like, eating eat stuff, yeah. Shit, well, I, had, I had spiders, cockroaches. <laughs> mealworms. I had to I have a jug of bloody mealworms. Some spiders, cockroach, live cockroaches. Oh, yeah. yeah, not good at all. I think I could do the bits. Do you know, like when you're laying in and they drop like, yeah, the, like the fish. Yeah. I could probably do the fish, but the spiders, I freak no, no. out. My little girl, <laughs> she's five years old. She literally, I said to her before, like, right, watch out. I'm gonna go and get the spider. I'm gonna go and get a little container to get the spider out. She's got it up her arm. She's letting it crawl. I'm out. Yeah. I'm losing my head. <laughs> I, that, that would be the end of me. Oh, that yeah. with the spider. No, it didn't bother me stuff like that. It was just the eating and, and stuff, and even the challenges, the physical challenges. Yeah. They were. You've no energy because you've not eaten. You're not eating you've no food. fuel in you. Yeah. So when you're doing it, it's 30 degrees heat, a, a lot hot, well, hotter than that. So when you're doing like a challenge, you're like, you're out of breath yeah. straight away, you know. And I got myself pretty fit before I went in there. But yeah, eating stuff and drinking that deer's blood, that was oh. awful. That was disgusting, honestly. <laughs> that was awful. It was like lumpy and gritty and it yeah. stunk. It was everywhere. Oh. Like, got it down. Yeah. After when you've gone off air, <clears throat> Dr. Bob's there, he's going, you all right? I'm going, I feel fucking brilliant, mate. To be no, honest. yeah, it's He's not going, something I'd pass off on. Trust me, keep that down if you can. Keep it down. It's the best thing you've had since you've been in here. We're just yeah. 100% protein, wasn't it? Really, not like really. the governor, though, is it? Not like a bottle of governor. No, no, no nothing no. like it. He put me off drinking red wine for quite a while. <laughs> before, but, um, what was it like when you got home? Was you just like, when you laid in your own bed, was you just oh, like, this God, is yeah. It's just, um, well, I'd spent that night in the Versace Hotel. I just, I got in the bathroom. The bathroom black. I just, I thought I was <laughs> quite clean because I carried washing in there. All the smoke from the fire and that, you know. Um, but yeah, I landed at Manchester Airport and there's like a bloody big crowd there, like yeah. a World Championship again. Oh, yeah, you saw it, yeah, yeah. Um, it was mad, press everywhere. And yeah, it was crazy. Um, it really was. Um, it was amazing. Just an incredible opportunity and just a roller coaster ride of emotions from yeah. from day one to um, to the end, really. And what was it like? Did you have any fears? Like, like obviously, like, like I said about me and the spiders, did you have any sort of fears going in that you sort of. The fears got I had when going you're... in were the other people. Yeah, I was scared of them because if I didn't get on with them, then it's going to be a long and lonely place. Yeah, in there, and that was my biggest fear was was the other campmates. Yeah, and luckily I got on well with everybody. Everyone, with no one thought they were bigger or better than anybody else, no. and which was good for me. Um, but that was my main thing to go in see if I could cope with people because I don't really like people. To be honest, I don't like the celeb thing. That was not really. No, me, no, but know. I don't know. You're quite a nice guy, actually. Though I think you're right. You're. Um, cheers, mate. Yeah. Um, and I just thought I'd cope with, if I could cope with the food situation and, uh, and the boredom as well, because I hate being bored. So, <laughs> and, and I cope with it all, all really, really well. I, I surprised myself how much I helped others in there yeah. who were probably struggling a bit at times, you know. Um, yeah, I was a bit more team player than I thought I was, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was amazing, incredible experience. So no. Would you go back now if there was like a re? If there was a redo, yeah, yeah you'd definitely I'd go for the crack. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to do it. Yeah. What about like what about what about if you had to go dancing like strictly? Would you have a little go? Well, that's me to do that. Two, I can two see or three them. Years I can see them feet, mate. No way, moving. Can I? Not in my dodgy knee and dodgy ankle. I just not not getting me in a pink sequin top throwing some shakes no. with some with some Russian bird. I mean, uh, oh, it'd be uh, an experience. Yeah, I just no. They've asked me to do that a couple of times. I said no. Uh, I've asked to do a master chef, celebrity master. I've not. No, I've. Done the the one, the main yeah, one, really, it. and did that and won that. So that's me done with the reality TV stuff, to be honest, mate. And what's the plan now then? Motorhome, travel? Yeah, just chill, enjoy uh, time, really. Uh, you know, I've got left on this planet with uh, Mrs. and family, uh, the family and that. Yeah, grandkids uh, going and got the new camper van, just go around the country, camping out and stuff, get the old paddleboard out, and the fishing rods out, and the mountain bikes out, that kind of thing. And at the same time, I still keep me hand in with the bikes. With, yeah. You know, stuff with Ducati Manchester yes, Group. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ambassador for them and bikes your insurance. And uh, yeah, so just doing events, um, personal appearances every now and again. So, yeah, yeah, just keeping, keeping still in. Still keeping busy, mate, yeah. Still running the trials bikes and that then? Still Not the that. trials no. bikes. I do the off-road bikes. I ran the enduro bikes. I'm off to Spain in a few weeks' time. Very nice. With my mate. Going to do a couple of days riding out in the Malaga area and stuff, yeah. Beautiful, yeah, isn't it? All good. I had a big crash out there. I was following this guy up on, and he was like, right, just follow me up the mountain. And we're going up the mountain on this enduro bike. And um, there was like this, like it was like a 
it looked, it literally looked like you could like, burn. it was like a berm, yeah, but it was like off the side of the mountain. Right. And I don't know what I'd done, but instead of just going up over it, I sort of like just clipped the side of it. And I literally went off the side of this mountain, but the bike, where I went, in, I landed in like this hedge, hedging on the, right on the side. And I got this big stick and it wrapped around the front fork of the bike <laughs> and kept me. And I was on the bike against this hedge, probably about 15 foot down, hanging off this mountain. I'm going, oh, and, and it, mate, he's in front of me, he ain't got a clue, he's gone. <laughs> so he looks over his shoulder and I'm like, help, help. And that, that enduro, you can get into a lot yeah, of shit there actually, fast, yeah, can't yeah, you? Yeah, it sounds like you do as well. But oh, no, yeah, only that one time yeah. that was, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've uh, had a few moments, I must admit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, mate. I've got some, um, let me uh, have a look at my notes. I've got a few, um, got a couple of quick fire questions anyway to give you. All right, so I've got this question. So obviously, best track. Obviously, I think you've said it before a few times. Would it Phillip Island? Would it be fair to say, or is it? No, Assen. Assen, best track. Yeah, yeah the best absolutely. Track, yeah. yeah. yeah um, favorite rider? Who would you look up? Who would you have looked up to, or who would you say is your favorite rider? Uh, Kenny Roberts was, was my favorite rider. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Done, he's done some winning. Yeah, it was uh, it was special. And if you was at a meal, at your last ever meal, and you could have three people, dead or alive, who would you take? Oh God! Anyone? Oh. <laughs> uh. I really don't know. I'm I'm kind of more of a unsociable sort of person. I'd rather just have, have a meal. <laughs> what would you eat? Then? What, would your last meal? Meal? what would your last meal be? Bolognese, if you made it, because you said. Oh, I don't know. You're right, steak, pie, chips, peas, and gravy. That's, something, that's, you know. that's a proper, proper northern, northern delicacy, yeah, that yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah. Chips and gravy up here, don't you? That's yeah, quite yeah. common, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Got to have a gravy with chips, <laughs> mate. <yeah. laughs> gravy with chips. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Before I say thanks for your time, mate. Um, thanks for having us here. Obviously, to your wife as well for allowing us in our in your home. Um, north of the border so we've got a bit of a drive My back pleasure, mate. but yeah no honestly thanks for having see us you anyway. good yeah. luck for this year mate I know we give each other some shit but I didn't realise how much uh, how much winning you've done now. I'm going to shut up next time uh, you say, yeah, tell yeah. me about yeah, did, my career I did, I did win a few one or two. I'm embarrassed yeah. now I don't I was even born on the first so I had to do a win yeah, yeah so no well That's done mate thanks you yeah no, thank you no worries Danny cheers good to see you mate big Danny what a ride this is and it is on 